I interviewed um, uh, Dan Rather. I even interviewed Mike Pence before he was vice president, right before he was vice president. Um, so many other celebrities, um, business leaders. And um, I did that all while working as a janitor. And one thing I learned, I realized was that nobody ever asked me if I had a degree. No degree, no problem. Any problem, we can solve them. LinkedIn insomnia keeps us evolving. We growing in the knowing, the wisdom is flowing. If you didn't know, now you know where I'm going. Welcome to another episode of the No Degree Podcast. Today's guest is Faith McKinney. But before I give her a chance to talk, I just want my fellow subscribers, listeners, followers, support the show, share it with someone you know. And if you're not following already, follow it, smash that like button, touch that subscribe button. So, Faith, do you mind giving a brief introduction of yourself? Yes, tonight. How are you? I am Faith. McKinney, and I am a personal brand strategist, and I love helping introverts like myself get um, visibility, credibility, and authority so that they can shine in in their no degree world. I'm a <laughs> I'm a, a person who did not have a degree, but um, I ended up uh, well. I started out working as a janitor for a long time. But because of the things I did outside of my janitor work, um, I moved up into sales and now create a whole sales team for a very, very large organization. And I'm so excited to talk about it and, and share with the with your listeners, you know, what I did and what I do and how I can help other people do wow, it. Wow, so you were a janitor. So we gotta definitely dive into that because a lot of people think <laughs> I yeah, didn't you didn't you tell that. me that. And a lot of people <laughs> think that's a dead-end job. And then it's like, you moved into sales. So you really moved up and just shows what's possible for those without degrees. So let's take it back. How was high school like for you? And what did you want to be in high school? I wanted to be an interior designer. And I don't want to date myself. But when I wanted, when I was going to college, interior design really wasn't a big thing. And my father told me he would not pay for it me to go to school to be an interior design. He said, he, there's no value in that. That's what he said to me. And that really crushed me. So after college or after high school, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was really lost because that was all I knew how to do, all I thought I knew how to do. And so I went to college. He told me to go to college for business. And I stayed in for like a year and a half. I, I just felt like there was, I had no direction. And so I said, well, what can I do that I that was on my bucket list? You know, things that I wanted to do. I wanted to be a mom. I wanted to be a wife. So those are what I that's what I did. And I was only 20 when I got married and had my first child. And I began um, I worked in the government in the uh, with the postal service. I started um, when my daughter was just one. But my daughter had special needs. So I needed to make sure that I had time to be with her. And so I worked as a, a custodian, a janitor in the postal service for many years. But I knew, I visualized, I knew that there was more to me than that. So I had to figure out how can I move up? How can I, well, first of all, let me tell you, I wanted to be a well-known speaker. 
And I didn't know what I was going to be a speaker of, but I just knew I was going to be a teacher, a speaker, someone who was going to help and have a huge audience. And so I had to figure out how I was going to get that. And I said, well, I need to figure out um, who listens to people. How do people get on television? How do people get the media attention? And as I worked that out, things just started to, to fall into place. Um, locally, I live in Indianapolis and locally I was asked to lead a, a, a business networking organization because I, I, even though I'm an introvert and a shy introvert, I knew that my network was going to help me get to where I wanted to be. From there, I, I was led to, um, interview people, local celebrities, entertainers. And then as national celebrities came into Indianapolis, I got access to them because of the relationships and the networking that I did do. Um, I interviewed um, uh, Dan Rather. I even interviewed Mike Pence before he was vice president, right before he was vice president. Um, So many other celebrities, um, business leaders. And um, I did that all while working as a janitor. And one thing I learned, I realized was that nobody ever asked me if I had a degree. You know, I'm sitting there interviewing the person who, you know, Dan Rather, who's interviewed kings and and heads of state from all over the world for decades. I'm interviewing him. And he never at once asked me, well, do you have a degree in journalism? Are you qualified to interview me? He never did. That was one thing. You know, if you're good at something, do it. You don't really need that permission or that paper to give you permission to do those things. If you're good at it, if you enjoy it, do it. Um, and, and so from there, once I figured that out and, and got over my, uh, my imposter syndrome, I wrote a book called Schmingling. It's the art of being well connected through blatant self promotion. And I, I show people how, you know, the five steps, you know, create what it is that you want in your mind, get clarity about that and you connect, um, um, have the courage to do it, you know, step out. And, and do it one thing at a time. Give yourself grace. Um, credibility. So you build your credibility. Um, you can build it in media. You can get media mentions. I tell people, show people how to do that. Get mentions in like Wall Street Journal, Washington Post, things like that. Stay connected. I teach you how to stay connected to people. Even though you're shy and an introvert, it's important to, to build those bonds. And I show people how to do that. Um, in a way that's more comfortable for introverts or shy people. And then consistency. You want to keep doing those things over and over and over again. Yeah, those are that's phenomenal advice. So how long did you sort of work as the as a janitor? Twenty-two wow. years. Yes. And so it took me that long because I didn't have a, a roadmap. I didn't have a framework. I didn't have a coach to show me what to do. I really did what was a little was intuitive for me um, because I knew that I wanted to teach people something and I wanted to teach people what I knew, not what I yeah. read about. I always wanted to to share with people my experiences. I don't think it's fair for other people to get up and, and talk about something that they have no idea yeah. about. I want <laughs> I wanted to go through the good and the bad and and I did. You know, um, for example, you know when I Right before I interviewed Dan Rather, you know, I was cleaning the bathrooms and I went to the janitor's closet, 
changed my clothes and went to interview Dan Rather. <laughs> you know, so it's those type of things, those type of experiences, getting over, you know, that imposter syndrome to do the great things that you have in, in you to do. Um, that is really what I want to teach. Um, one of the things that drove me was learning as a, a young girl uh, that so many people were like me. So many people were were quiet and and shy and had such gifts inside, either you know, brilliant at math or brilliant at reading or cooking or other things, but they never got the the credibility, they never got the visibility, they never got the accolades that people who knew how to toot their own horns did. And so my goal was to show people how to do that for themselves in a way that was comfortable for them, for us quiet yeah, people. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> and that's one heck of a story from the janitor room to Dan Rather all in one day. <laughs> now, look, yes. I had someone else, right, who I think one time applied to be work at the post office. And he had this quote that the post office is where dreams go to die. How did you not, how accurate is that quote? And how did you avoid your dreams dying? Because people get into, hey, I'm going to get a pension. I'm going to do X, Y, Z. But you did it and you left. And that was only a stepping stone and a tool to make sure you took care of what was in front of you. But that didn't stop you from taking action. One of the things that I really wanted to to speak about and, and that kind of drove me in the beginning was manifestation and visualization visualizing where I wanted to go. I always knew that I was not my job. That is not who I am. Um, even when I was a janitor, I would dress like the supervisor or better than the supervisor. <laughs> I, because I knew it, it was not who I am. That's not my dream. My vision is to prove that anybody can become known. Anybody can do this. Anybody can get that credibility. And so um, my dream didn't die because my dream was not in the post office. That was really a very long stepping stone, but it was a stepping stone nonetheless. So it, it doesn't matter where you are. It really doesn't. Visualize yourself where you want to be. Visualize yourself doing the things that you want to do and, and, and live your life accordingly and, and things will fall into place. And because I, I used to post on, on social media all the time while I was a janitor and there was a woman who was in our sales team. She used to follow me all the time and she would come visit our, our post office, our, our station. And she would always kind of fangirl all the, and I'm emptying the trash and she's like, Oh my God, it's Kate McKinney. Oh my God. You know, like, oh and I'm like, Oh my God. <laughs> But that happened all the time because of the way I positioned myself, I, I, I visualized that. But um, when I was ready to stop being a, a, a custodian because I knew I wanted to serve people in corporate America, too. I didn't just want to serve, um, you know, people who work in, 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 in as a janitor or in uh, other fields. I need to be more broad. So I said, how can I get a position in a corporate America? How can I get a position in sales? I don't have any skills like that. I had none. But this woman, she went to her manager and said, hey, Faith would be great in sales. She's not afraid to speak with people, even though yeah. I was afraid to speak with people. She's not afraid to speak with people. I think she'd be great. I beat out two other people who are actually doing the job for this position. 
And it took so long to, you know, get in the groove because I had to start from ground zero. They had to show me how to turn the computer on. But that was in 2017. And now, uh, last year, because of COVID, we have a new, um, I helped to create a whole new sales division for the, for the postal service, which, you know, that's 650,000 people. And I was one of 14 people to do this. And, and so it's like, wow, okay. All right. And now I'm ready to move on and, you know, see where else I can take this. How can I share what I know about visualizing where you want to be and, and putting it into action and then, you know, sharing it with the world with everyone else who feels like, you know, I'm pretty stuck. I'm stuck at the post office. I'm stuck at this restaurant. I'm stuck at this dead end job. Well, no, where do you want to be? And then now, how did you go about learning and what was your schedule like? So you had the job, you're taking care of your daughter, you're taking care of all these things. So what was a weekly schedule? What was like the average schedule that you had? I first have to preface this by saying I didn't start actually working on this plan until my daughter was 20. So I got a late start. I, I didn't start until I was ooh, 42. But what um, I worked during the day. So I would get off around three, three thirty in the afternoon, and then the events or um, the um, meeting of the, you know, the interviews would happen after work. But because my job was pretty flexible, I was able to take time and move and uh, and interview during the day. You know, leave work early, so I wasn't really tied like I would if I had a job that had a lot more responsibility. Wow, that's amazing. I love it when the workplace realizes that. Hey. People have dreams and they're supportive. And then, you know, it's like, hey, that's how you get the best people. That's how you have these sort of amazing relationships. So you did a lot of things right. Now, what other things did you do right in those two years? So you you did that. How did you sort of gain momentum over those two years? One of the things that I uh, that I tell people, or I show people is how to leverage the, the wins. So for instance, when I was working, um, when I would uh, post a an interview, I would leverage that to get another interview, or I would leverage what I did to maybe get a mention in a publication. I use things like Harrow, help a reporter out to get in to get mentions in um, national publications. Then I would leverage that for other things. So you know, I I would just leverage those that um, uh, credibility factors and and. Leverage those to get better and better opportunities. Um, I even was um, asked to be a television producer and I produced a television show for four years, a local show. I was able to bring on people that I wanted to connect with on the show for interviews, which kind of gave me a little more. Um, well, I leveraged that. So that was that was fantastic. And I did that, too, while working in in uh, in sales. We we uh, would batch our shows and um, film once a month and we create four shows out of that. So that was fun. Um, so doing that for four years and leveraging everything to level up to where I wow, want to be. That's amazing. And it just shows just how important it is to start early because a lot of times it takes time to build a business. But if you can do it without worrying about where paying rent and worrying about the next paycheck, you can make a lot of moves. You can yep. take a lot of risks so that when you do leave, 
the money comes in a lot quicker. Now, you did a lot of things right. What were some of the mistakes that you made along the way? Oh, my goodness. Well, one of the things is that I'm kind of paying price for now is not understanding how to monetize this thing. So I wrote a book. I do have a product. But as far as teaching people how to be well-known or how to be more known, I didn't really figure out how to monetize all of that and put it in a business um, business form. And that has taken me longer than anything. Yeah. So, you know, while I was doing that, I should have, um, you know, got some a coach who really understood my goals, who I really understood what I wanted to do and frame it so that it can be a, a business so that I could have started while I was really working on it, while I was really, really um, in the um, in the mix. It's it's not too late, but right now it's like, ugh, I'm still yeah. working, which which is great. So I don't have to worry about income. I never had to worry about income, but I do want to make it more yeah. profitable so that I can survive, you know, after, after. The no, of off. course. No, it makes perfect sense. <laughs> and it's not easy. But the good thing is you built up the skills, you built up the credibility, you built up an audience, you built a lot of things that it takes time to build. So now it's just the money portion. And I know you'll 100% figure that out. What would Absolutely. you say was the hardest period of your life? Mm. Gosh, I would say the hardest period would be really figuring out that, you know, at 42, I need to really start over where people who are 20 years old are, are starting. So I had to juggle family and work and my child, you know, with special needs. So it's not like I could just, you know, send her to, to the, down the street to play. No, she needed somebody to come in. That was pretty difficult because, um, you know, some people don't believe in your dreams right away and they don't want, not that they don't want to necessarily support you, but they don't want you to, to get hurt. And, and so, you know, they kind of discourage you, but that, that was a little difficult. Um, and then just believing in myself, just getting over that imposter syndrome and feeling and understanding that Faith, you're worthy. Faith, you've got this. <laughs> you really have it. And and believing what people say, Faith, you know, I can't believe this is great. This is great. This is great. And for me to believe it was a really a, a challenge. But now I believe it. And now I want to share it with the others. Now, how has the industries changed over time? Because you mentioned like 2017, 2018, you kind of started. How have things changed? Because social media is changes so fast. Technology changes so fast, right? Podcasts oh. were a thing back then, but now it's so much bigger, right? The podcast industry has blown up so much more. Yeah. So when I started this, Facebook, when you, when you posted something on Facebook, it went to everybody in your, you know, all of your Facebook friends. So it was easy for me to, to for people to think that I knew everybody because I would post it and everybody would see it. Now it's like, okay, well, I have to figure out something else and, and, you know, how am I going to do that? So I use television and then also getting into media, earned media, which means that it's not a paid ad. It's something that people are, um, uh, because you're, you have experience or you're writing or, or, uh, you know, you're writing about it like a blog or even social media is earned media. 
but using earned media, leveraging that is a really good way to, um, to, you know, substitute for that, whatever Facebook took away, this will, will give you that, um, that momentum, but getting into podcasts. Yeah, it's, it's a game changer. You know, podcasts are so huge now. Um, getting on podcasts is a great tool for anyone who wants to get out there. You know, you have great content, you have an experience that the podcast is about, you have, you know, about that subject matter, you know, pitch, pitch yourself, pitch your story. Don't be afraid. Yeah, I remember you sent me a Twitter message and I was like, I gotta have <laughs> her. Did. Let's go get on the call. And when I met <laughs> you, I was like, yes. And that's the beauty of putting yourself out there because you just never know what other people look for. And then you add value to their lives. They add value to their life, to your life. And it just, things get so much better. So I'm, I'm so happy when, you know, I was like, yes, that's so cool. Cause I love sharing stories. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because I'd love to let people know, you know, what, what I do. I love listening to podcasts. If there's a podcast that you listen to and you hear a guest that really resonates with you, sometimes they'll have their own podcast. Reach out to them. And that's what I did with you. I said, man, I, that, that guest, he has what I, what I, he has no degree. What? I have no degree. I didn't know there were anybody else who didn't have a degree out there. So I, he has a whole community. So I was really excited to speak with you and and to share. So yeah, if you if you have um a podcast that you listen to regularly and there's a guest on there, connect with them because you know that's a great source. Listen to their podcast, understand how they how they roll and uh you know say hey I'd I'd be a great guest on your show because of this. You know it's funny. So let's let's talk about the power of podcasting. Because I listen to Mac Right, because that was a podcast I was on the mm-hmm. was a Find Your Dream Job pat, podcast by Mac Pritchard. Yep, I listened to him, and this was like 2017. And Maxless was something I admired. I I saw it. I was like, oh, this was the history of Maxless. This is how he grew it. I can do it too. So when I quit my job, I was like, hey, here's a framework. Then I was like, hey, that's one of my dream podcasts I want to be on. I had my podcast. You know, I connected with him. I would follow him on LinkedIn, and then one day. He sent me the message and I was like, what? Like, this is one of the top job, you know, search podcasts. And because I did well in that interview, I, you sent me a message. So it's like just the power of putting yourself out there. Like, how would I have known in 2017 that I think that was, I'm not sure. Did he start his podcast then? I'm not sure. But how did I know? I had no way of knowing that, hey, one day I'll be on his podcast five years later. And because of his podcast, I'll meet Faith. And because of faith, I'll meet someone else. And because of me, faith, will you'll meet someone else. So that's the beauty of podcasting and just how powerful it is that, again, you connect with people, you meet a lot of people, and then you come across an audience that values your story, that values the fact that you were a janitor and doesn't use it against you, that values the fact that you don't have a degree. So for anyone listening, put yourself out there, reach out. You just never know what it can lead to. Now, so far, and I know it's only going to get bigger. What has been your biggest accomplishment? Ooh, I, um, so there there have been so many accomplishments, but one of my greatest and and one of the things that I wanted to do was make sure that I before I die, I knew yeah. I helped somebody. So one of my greatest accomplishments was being becoming a living kidney donor. I wanted to make sure that you know. With all of the things that I was doing, I wanted to know that I actually helped someone without a doubt. 
And so I helped him get seven more years wow. of life without dialysis. That So did he live, did he still need dialysis after those seven years or? No, no, he, he didn't. So after the seven, he died, oh, he had a heart attack. And so that's what, that's how he, he, he finally passed away. But um, I knew that I wanted to be able to do something like that. And um, his wife was my cousin. And she she didn't know that I would be the one to want to do this. But she said, hey, um, in our family email, anybody know anyone who's, you know, good health, no high blood pressure, no high cholesterol, willing to donate a kidney? I knew it was like a lightning bolt. That was for me. And that was what I I committed right then and there. That was what I needed to do. And that's what I did. And um, that was really a difficult nine months just because it was. A lot of things going on. I still had my daughter. What would what would happen if something happened to me? And and you know my my family didn't necessarily want me to do it either. So that was pretty difficult. But that was the most rewarding thing I believe wow. I've ever done. Honestly, that to give someone the gift of life, there's nothing more precious. And thank you so much for that. You know, you're the second person who said that. When I said the biggest accomplishment, I had a previous guest, uh, Will Barnes. He saved his nephew because he did CPR at the right time. So you're, you know, and it's wow. just something and it's just interesting because I saw a similar reaction. And I remember that story right away where it's like, and he sees his nephew, right? His nephew is, I think his nephew was young now, mm-hmm. teenager. And, you know, he gets to see like, wow, you know, he's still around because of me. And he's there to mentor him and guide him. So that is the big, definitely like nothing can top that. What would you say is your biggest like career accomplishment outside of that? Oh, so because of COVID, um, our sales team had to work from home and there was a a new inside sales team created and I was part of that pilot team. I was chosen, I was selected by the now vice president of sales for the entire postal service, selected me to be part of this pilot team. And now we are rolling, we're up and running, beating every goal. And um, just really excited. And so this really has set me apart from so many other people within my sales team uh, or th- within the sales organization. Uh, this really has been the best part. Um, I've got great, great coworkers, great managers, um, respect from everyone up and down the, the chain. And so, yeah, that that really is my greatest career goal. Hopefully, well, my my next goal is really to be able to share, like with you, share with other people, with people who are um, introvert, you know, feel they're introverted or shy, share with them how to do this, how to put yourself out there. My book, Schmingling, The Art of Being Well-Connected Through Blatant Self-Promotion, teach you how to do that in a way that's comfortable for you. Yeah, no, that's... That's so cool. Now, how did you secure an interview with Dan Rather? How did that happen? (laughs) <laughs> so in um, most colleges usually bring in celebrities to either speak or perform uh, for, you know, audience or their students. And I connected with the person who was responsible for bringing in these uh, celebrities. And I asked them at the time I was working um, with a, a very, very small um, online magazine and I said, hey, can I come in and interview Dan Rather, you know, for this magazine? And they're like, OK. I was like, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I can't believe they said all right. <laughs> so 
So they they led me down, um, you know, to where the interview was going to happen. I had my camera guy and I uh, had my my I have a son, too. He, I had him taking pictures and it was just surreal. I don't know what he said. I, I, I remember one question I did ask him, you know, what was the greatest interview that you've ever had or who what was the greatest memory that you had? And he told me about his memory about um, Martin Luther King when he was there and and some someone had just gotten shot or there was something really, really just chaos going around. And he can remember that Dr. King was just like the calm in the middle of a storm. And he said he, he marveled at how calm he was with everything going around. That was the only thing I remember about this whole interview, but it stuck with me. And so I try to live my life like that calm, you know, when there's chaos going around, just be that calm. So, but yeah, that's how I got, um, I, I Kirk Franklin. I don't know if you no, know who Kirk Franklin him. is. He's, he's a, um, a, a gospel pop artist. Let's see. Dan rather, of course. Um, there's so many other people. Soledad O'Brien. Okay, I know that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yep. Okay. So what I knew that was, I had to, I couldn't just interview people that I knew. Like you didn't know who Kirk Franklin was. I needed to interview people. Everybody knew. I need to, to interview people that, you know, if, if, if I said this name, then you'll be like, Oh yeah. Or if I said this thing, you'll be like, Oh yeah. Because I, I know I couldn't just be one sector. I couldn't be, um, that, that wouldn't work if, if nobody else knew who they were. So I had to be universal. So I had to figure out how to connect with these people. And that's what I did. Wow, that's so interesting. And it's crazy. And I know you're going to keep interviewing amazing people and, you know, just doing more. Yeah. Oh, wait, I do have one thing. So I have a, a friend. Um, we're going to do a, a talk show. He's a leader in the Sikh community. He had asked me, he said, hey, Faith, let's let's have a talk show together. Let's do it together. So it's going to be the bald black woman <laughs> Sikh community, you know, and but it's going to be amazing because we're going to talk about balance. We're going to talk about, you know, mind, the spirit and and family and the balance and and he's he's the enlightened one about that but but i just want to be there to to learn and to help other people understand you know how important balance is so yeah that's the next project that sounds so cool now how'd you get better at interviewing well just practice and then i hate listening yeah, to myself I think most people do and i hate watching myself I, I took up acting before I started all of this because I knew that I had to get feedback about how my body and my, my body moved and my voice and, you know, all of these things. I needed feedback, constructive feedback, and I couldn't get it from my friends. They're, they're, they would, you know, not yeah. give it to me. So I took up acting so I could get someone to actually show me how to move. You know, how, how do I appear to other people? And, and so I, I, um, I did a couple of plays and um, a, a webisode. And then I said, okay, I'm comfortable with, with this. So now I can move forward. And that's the way I've done it, done everything, you know, step by step by step. It wasn't a big giant leap at yeah. all. What do they say? The journey of a thousand miles begins with, you know, one <laughs> step and just shows. Mm -hmm. Now, did you ever run into the stigma of you being a janitor? Did people kind of look at you differently if the, that they knew? Or was did it kind of add to that? Like, Faith is always out there putting herself out there. 
You know, I was really the only person that it mattered to. In fact, um, I, it got to the point where people would say, please stop saying that. <laughs> please stop saying that you're so much more. And, and what I wanted to do was stress the fact that you could do anything no matter where you are. You, you know, where you are in life, you can do whatever it is that you want to do. But I was really the only person that it was really affecting. So I, when I stopped saying that and I started leading with the sales, it felt a little more comfortable um, only because it was no longer really relevant because I was making my, my um, mark doing other things. You know, I, I didn't have to go there anymore, but I do like letting people know where I started. You know, it, it's not anything to be ashamed of, but now I've had so many other things to be proud of and so many other things that so many other accomplishments that, you know, I, I don't have to lead with that anymore, but it is a huge part of my yeah, story. No, I mean, it just adds, and I think it's just <laughs> so much cooler and you give so much more people hope. Now, how did your coworkers kind of take this? Were they supportive? Were they helpful? Because I know in some environments, it's, you know, you go to work, you go home and they're looking forward to their pension and that's kind of it. Yeah, no. So one of the things that I always wanted to do, I, I had to look at my job as a janitor, as a servant, a service, a servant leader. So I really thought about, you know, how can I serve the people that I'm working with? How can I serve the carriers? How can I serve the supervisor? How can I serve the customers? And so that gave me a lot more um, fulfillment. And it was never, oh, I have to do this job. It was, you know, I'm doing this because I want my carriers to come back to a safe and clean case or environment or restroom or, or parking lot, you know, whatever it is, I wanted to be of service. And that's what I, I did have to keep reminding myself that a lot of times, especially sometimes people weren't so kind, but I had to remind myself, this is why I'm doing this. I'm being of service while I kept my mind on what I wanted to do, my, my end goal. I think that's a good mindset because that mindset carries with you to so many other areas. And I've seen a lot where it's like I had someone else who was also, I think he was cleaning, you know, when he was young and all that stuff. But he made sure that that toilet he cleaned was the best clean that anybody ever saw. And that pride carried him. And, you know, that's how he sort of moved up. Now, what advice would you kind of give for someone who's younger? you know, who sort of, you know, just like how you had a kid at 20, what would you advise that woman or, you know, that man who has a kid to go on what they need to do for their career? I would advise anyone to visualize where they would see themselves. Um, one of the things I used was that eulogy. You know, what do I want people to say about me when I'm laying in, in the casket or, you know, when I'm dead? How do I want people to speak about me? You know, what do I, I want them to say and then live my life accordingly? I want people to say, oh, she helped me do this. She always made me feel great. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for her. Those are the type of things that I wanted people to say about me when I die. So I have to live my life that way. You know, I'm going to help somebody with a, with a kidney. Oh, she helped me live. Or I'm going to help somebody with, you know, with their job or they're being stressed. Oh, she encouraged me every day. Those type of things are what I want people to say about me 
But in the end, I can visualize myself speaking to hundreds of thousands of people every week or every month on television and sharing um, content, sharing, you know, best practices for people who are introverted or who are shy or who want to live a, a better life and don't have the benefit of a, a degree. I just want to live as an yeah, example. And you're living as a great example. Now, what would you do if you're young? You're, you're oh, around 18 to 20. Do, what would you do? What are you doing? Listen to myself, follow my own dreams and don't let anybody talk me out of it. I would have been a really, really, really great interior designer. And I let my father talk me out of it. And one of the things I would, would do would be to say, don't give up on your own dreams. It won't be easy, but that's okay. I would advise anybody, if it's something that you really want to do, do it. Yeah, I've seen way too many dreams killed before they're even started. And it, it it's very sad to see. So what does the future hold for you? Oh, the future holds for me, of course, speaking. Um, I'm creating courses and um, uh, creating coaching for other people so that I can help them get the visibility, get into media. Um, I'm speaking to employee resource groups nationwide to teach them about networking and how uh, to network um, properly. Networking etiquette is huge, um, especially when you're wanting to go up the corporate ladder. You have to know how to, you know, how to behave, how to how to network, how to make friends. You know, it's a political environment wherever you go. So you have to be politically correct and, and you know, make friends and not enemies. Yeah, no, th that's great advice. Now, have you ever felt insecure about not having a degree? Of course. I felt, I felt secure all insecure all the time um, about not having a degree. Really, it's it's. It's really in the back of my head all the time, no matter how much I try to get rid of it. Um, but I have to remind myself when I look at the things that I've done and the things that people say, you know, people who do have a degree say, hey, you've done so much, even without a degree, you really didn't need that. So I, I think it was just something that like a club that I couldn't belong to. You know, the people who have degrees, it's a, it's a sorority or fraternity that, you know, I'll, I'll never be able to belong to, but it's not something that's stopping me from living yeah. my life. When do you kind of get over that? Well, it's, it's, it's a daily thing, but <laughs> I think what you're saying is when did I get over it? Just putting my, my, do one step at a time, doing things one step at a time and understanding that I can do it. You know, when I when I get recommendations from, you know, people to say, hey, you I believe in you. I believe you can help us create this whole new division, bringing a millions, millions of dollars every month. And you're part of it. That helps me get over. Not yeah, having no, I mean, you're getting results. Your clients don't <laughs> care. The people you yes, interview don't care. Exactly. Yeah. And being mentioned in Wall Street Journal and Washington Post, that helps me get over not having a degree. You know, the, the accomplishments that, you know, just showing myself that I can do it. Nobody ever asked me, do you have a degree? Yeah, they don't because they just, they know, you know, uh -huh. your stuff. They don't care about your background. They care about the results. 
So that's amazing. So let's exactly. slowly start to wrap up. Now, is there something you want to share that you haven't shared already? I think I'm a pretty, I'm an open book. Um, I just want to reiterate to people, follow your dreams. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. You can do it. It will be difficult, but you can do it. It, it may take time, but you can do it. Follow your dreams. That dream was put into you for a reason. Don't let anybody take it I away. I love that. How would people follow you? How would people support you? How would people get in contact with you? Oh, absolutely. I live on LinkedIn, Faith McKinney. Um, um, it's uh, LinkedIn. Um, I'll get the URL. Slash yeah, Faith I'll get McKinney. the URL for them. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, you can uh, follow me on my website, faithmckinney.com. Uh, go on there, connect with me. I, I'd love to chat, love to, um, you know, connect or uh, catch my book on amazon.com, Schmingling, The Art of Being Well-Connected Through Blatant Self-Promotion. Yeah, I'm going to grab a copy because I know a lot about networking, but I know I could always learn a thing or two and always love supporting people without college degrees for paving the way for others and making the world an easier place. Thank you so much for this interview. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I got to have you back in a few years because I know you're going to, you know, do more things. You're going to make some more money. You're going to have bigger things and you're going to change, you know, take the world by storm. Oh, Joe Knight, let me tell you, I really appreciate you just highlighting people with no degrees. I would not have known there were people like me out here if it weren't for you. Thank you so much. You you really have changed my life. I'm so honored to be on here to share. And um, I can't wait to hear more, more You're episodes. You're welcome. And you know what? You're going to change someone's life because someone's going to listen to it. And you're going to produce more people just like you. And you're going to make the road easier for them. So thank you for that. Another great episode. Thank you for listening. Hopefully this information was valuable and you learned a lot. Stay tuned for the next episode. This show is sponsored by you. No Degree wants to remain free from influence so that we can talk about the topics without bias. If you think the show is worth a dollar or two, please check out our Patreon page. Any amount is appreciated and will go towards making future episodes even better. Follow us on Instagram or Snapchat at No Degree Podcast. On Facebook at facebook.com slash no degree inc. If you want to personally reach out to me, connect or follow me on LinkedIn at Janaid Iqbal, spelled J-O-N-A-E-D, last name I-Q-B-A-L. Until next time, no degree, no problem, nodegree.com.